0: This episode of the Black Therapist Podcast, we bring back Dr. Holly if you ever wondered what happens when two black girl therapists get together and talk about being black women bosses and the transition from private practice to group practice and the intimacies and unique challenges of telehealth. Did a show about it? Like the head? Here you go. Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy is the new book by me, Nikita Banks, a licensed psychotherapist and life strategist. Leverage the knowledge you'll receive in this book to help you with the process of obtaining absolute clarity through the use of guided self-exploration. This process is necessary to help you master all your relationships in 2019 and beyond. Go on amazon.com or blacktherapistpodcast.com and grab your copy of the book Guaranteed to help you redesign all your relationships based on two basic principles, health and happiness. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is a podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. Now, if you are new to our show, I am your host, author, life strategist, and psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. I am available for both psychotherapy and coaching sessions. And you can find more information about that on my website, NikitaBanks.com. You can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Pippa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you are a mental health advocate or therapist and you want to buy our podcast merchandise, you can do so by visiting our site. And if you want access to our free mental health tips, free online trainings, discounted selective services, and resources, do so by joining our mailing list by texting Get Happy, all one word, to 66866. If you love the podcast, please like, comment, and share. We love to hear from you. And if you want to send me some feedback, guest suggestions, or simply to say hey, you can contact us at our website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. Please be mindful that this episode. And all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you're having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey, guys, I hope you guys have had an amazing Christmas um, with your families and friends. I hope there was not too much gathering. I did very little. Um, as I told you guys, uh, for the last eight years, I've done a, a, toy drive. So I delivered my toys to the toy drive. I actually got to see my old supervisor at the shelter that I used to work at, which was really nice. Um, keep saying I'm going to post some pictures on my Instagram page. I'm going to post them. I promise. Like this week I'll post like me dropping off the toys, um, and like sorting out the toys and kind of what we donated this year. Um, You know, it's been a challenging year for all of us. Therapists are no exceptions. We are all in a pandemic. And so I hope that you guys are taking care of yourself, self-care throughout this week. I was actually supposed to be off for um, the week. Usually I work on, uh, like I like to work on a school schedule because I used to work for New York City Board of Education. So I used to get all the holidays off. So now I try to work on a school schedule, but because I have teachers that I service in my practice, I try to like be working when they're off. So it'll make their schedules seeing me a little bit more flexible. But I'm only working two days this week. I had some income goals that I wanted to meet. And so I was like, let me give myself these two days so that I can meet my income goals and buy myself something special. As a thank you, a congratulation gift to myself. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm going to make the goals. I think I've already hit the goal, but I'm going to still keep my commitment to the clients that I have for this week. However, last year we had the uh, interview with Dr. Holly on and Dr. Holly is like one of the people that I've actually met who I've interviewed for the show. And we always have good energy when we we get down and we talk. And I was like, I need to catch up with Dr. Holly. So I wanted to have her come back on the show. So part one of her interview is right now. We talk about um, expanding our practices. She has already done it. So I'm asking her advice on what I'm going to do with my group practice in 2021. We talk about hiring, hiring, um, people not humbling themselves (laughs) when they come in to interview with all of this black girl magic. And we also talk about like the challenges and and the triumphs that we've had in 2020, um, which has been a hard year for a lot of people. But, you know, again, we've all had to navigate it in different ways. Okay, so we're going to get right into this episode right now. All right. So you're back. Uh, Introduce yourself. Uh, thank you. I am
1: Dr. Holly Sawyer, a licensed therapist practicing in Philadelphia.
0: Now, are you in private practice?
1: Yes, I am. I have a solo practice and a group practice now.
0: Oh, we gotta talk. I'm launching my group practice next month.
1: Nice. Congratulations.
0: Um, we'll talk about it. (laughs) You know, I have a hard time hiring people. Like, I've been trying to get... Um, staff to come on I've just like glowing recommendations glowing resumes and like work ethic is different so I am looking forward to having a group practice but I am not looking forward to having a group practice yep
1: and I think you're definitely in the right room um, oh, telling me
0: to interview you okay <laughs> okay so what's the biggest challenge in having a group practice Besides the
1: staff, because I think that's a real thing. So, oh no, I didn't have, I'm not having that issue. It is with staff, but not like what you think. I'm having a hard issue with um, identifying the right staff. So I've already had to, to let somebody go. I don't want to say fire, exactly. but I've already had to let someone one go. <laughs> um, and then like the interview process, has been, um, a process, but it's like, you just don't want to hire somebody just because they look good on paper. Like it has to be a whole vibe. And so, um, I have not hired anybody since, september but another young lady came recommended from a good friend of mine and she was oh she was a I won't say older but she's a mature woman um very non-nonsense sweetheart and i was just like okay this is what i'm looking for but i also have um younger clinicians too but it's again just finding that right vibe and not just what's on paper
0: where's your office located
1: so my group practice is 100 online
0: that's you, you preach it to the phone. <laughs> so that's, that's what I want to do. Number one, I'm licensed in four states. And so to be able to treat, um, well, it's, it's a dual thing, obviously. I want to be able to create and cultivate an environment where there are more independent clinicians. In order to do that, like I was being asked to supervise. I love supervising, but I just don't understand the concept of having people pay me hundreds of dollars to supervise. How are they seeing their clients? How are, where are they gathering clients? Like, it just kind of didn't make any sense to me without actually having them under my practice so that I could see, see how they work and then see, you know, like read their notes and stuff. Um, so that was part of it. Okay. The majority of my practice now, I say I'm 50-50 between New York. Um, like New York, New Jersey is like one half of my practice and the rest of it is in Georgia. Got it. Um, so I'm like, I might as well work on that Georgia side. And see what that what that looks like. Plus, I don't know how long I want to stay in New York because COVID has kind of changed changed the game. So, I don't know how long I want to. I'm looking at these four walls mm-hmm. and my room that at this point because all I've been doing is online shopping. It looks like a closet. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. I have shoes stacked to the ceiling, and I'm not even being funny. Mm.
1: And so, are you thinking about relocating to Georgia? <sighs>
0: Here's the thing. I feel like that's where all of the New York people go. Yep. So I almost, like, I always almost just want to be ornery and not go just because I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. But in terms of, like, my business connections, I'm already licensed there. You know, people, I already have a name down there business-wise. Cost of living is cheaper. I can still keep my New York salary. Um socially like if I move somewhere I have to still be able to be social and go out Well, we can't do it in COVID but you know like where I have the most friends and like a social network is probably Georgia outside of like New York and DC
1: okay gotcha you. gotcha you. well it sounds like all pro. I wouldn't go
0: that far cause it's Georgia I mean shout out to Georgia <laughs> what but now. <nah. laughs>
1: Mm -mm. yeah shout out to Georgia I um I live the good penny in the south so I'm definitely not looking to go south if I were to relocate it's definitely going west but not like California west though but west
0: where would you go um Uh, that's not
1: I I am a huge fan of Seattle I love the city I love it Yes, I love it. And um, I have been looking at homes (laughs) and been, you know, saving them and liking them with the hearts on Zelo. So, yeah, I would I would definitely go um, west. If I'm going to spend the money, I'm going to live in a place that, you know, has water, evergreen trees. I can go to Canada if I want to,
0: Um, you know, have
1: good food shopping. Yeah, but I'm not going back to the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest and it's cold. Seattle, believe it or not, is not as cold so <laughs> as Illinois I or Michigan. A
0: guy who played the Seahawks. So I hate the Seahawks and I hate Seattle too. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs>
1: Girl, I'm going for the good fish and a nice house looking out onto... I mean, I'm not mad and- at you.
0: The other clinician that I want to ask to come on, that she she was on the season that you were on, she's from Seattle. And, like, she's born and raised yes. and she loves it. And I I mean, I think for you, if you moved to Seattle, you'd make a killing. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, it's not a lot of us out there. No, it's not. And then when I went <laughs> to go visit him in Seattle, it was just, like, everybody knew that he, that he played ball because he was black. hmm <laughs> Because there was nobody else, like no other Negroes in the town. So that was really weird for me. But yeah, I don't mm-mm. I don't uh, really like the West Coast, period.
1: Oh, okay. Got you. Yeah, I haven't been, I've never been to California. And I'm just not a, I like season. You got to go to so California.
0: California. California is, is, I like it. And I've actually been thinking about getting a license in Cali too. Um, because I know that New York, And Cali are the hardest Mm -hmm. states to get licensed in. But I already got a New York license, so I might as well just go ahead for the Cali one. Um, And plus, in terms of, like, income, you know, and what you can make, you can make a good living
1: Mm -hmm.
0: charging. Like, Cali is all about health, period. So you could, you know, you get blood from a turnip in Cali.
1: Yes,
0: I just would never want to. I, I don't know. I, I can't say. California is a huge state. I've only been to, like, L.A. in the Valley. Mm, yeah, I don't love it. But my cousin just moved from there. My other cousin's from the, the Valley. My favorite is cousin on, on the planet. Um, may she rest in peace. She was from Cali. So, there are Cali has a lot of... My other cousins live out there. like I, Like, there is a lot of positives to it. I just don't like the vibe of, like, L.A. Okay. And Vegas. And... You know, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I I'll do get. more time. I've only been out there a few times, so. <laughs> I don't know about Seattle. I guess I'll visit when you move. We'll see.
1: Yeah, come through, come through when I move. I just got to have my seasons and I, I can't Does be Seattle somewhere. have seasons? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, Seattle has seasons. I, it's just not, you know, it's not always sunny like California. It's just not, and I, I got to see snow sometimes. I got to have a fall because that's my favorite season. I love it.
0: It snows in Cali sometimes, like not like what we think of in Cali, but aren't there like mountains and stuff?
1: Yeah, it it is. But that's not really like, you what know, think of, yeah, I like I really want seasons. Like if I know if I live on the East Coast, I'm literally getting all four seasons. And in Seattle, I'm gonna get all four seasons. And you're right; the farther you go up the state of California, you're definitely gonna get. Um, you like know, Colorado.
0: The... I'm not sure if they, like, you know, if they border. But there's there is snow in Denver. It's snow mm-hmm. in Colorado.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm I'm good on that. So, how many um how many clinicians are you looking to bring on?
0: I don't know because this is like brand new. Brand new thing for me. Okay. Um, and I would have launched last year, but I didn't do it in 2020 because of the. I don't know how in Philly or like Pennsylvania it is, and I don't know why I don't have a license in Pennsylvania yet. Because Pennsylvania, I told you Pennsylvania was where I was gonna move.
1: Um, and it's, but it's so
0: easy. I will. I'm. Um, I'm looking. You know what it is. I'm not in office anymore, and my. Part, my who's my business partner now he used to be my director, like my supervisor, okay, so he signs off all of my paperwork but we we haven't seen each other we saw each other once for the year
1: mm.
0: you know what I mean like we haven't even like and I was in january when i i came i went to Africa, so before all of this happened, I came back like I literally was in the office once when I saw him I haven't seen him since. Um, And my other partner, I've seen them maybe two or three times just going to pick up the mail. So I haven't really seen anybody. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of why I haven't thought about doing it. But I got to see them anyway. Um, But in New York, you have to get a PLLC. And in order to have a multi-state practice, you have to have some sort of entity in each state, which is a Mm. thing. Mm -hmm. And then in order to... If you have a PLLC, tax-wise, you guys, if you're listening, tax-wise, you are an LLC. And what an LLC is, is it's pass-through income, which means that whatever the business makes, you made. Right. And it's not a separate entity. So if the business makes $100,000 and then you got an extra side gig or whatever it is, then you made $100,000 plus whatever and you're taxed at a higher rate. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be an S Corp. And in order to be an S Corp, I have to make over $40,000 the first year. So mm-hmm. starting in January gives me 14 months. I mean, gives me 16 months because I have until April in order to count that year to make $40,000 in the business. Mm. And so that's why I had to, you know, once I spoke to the the accountants, I was like, I got to wait till January in order to do this because this is it. So my paperwork has been filled out. I'm waiting to drop it in the mail like January 1st. But, yeah, that's why I waited. Okay, but that
1: makes sense. And so you'll be headquartered in New York and then the other branches will be in other states that you license?
0: For now, for now, the business will be a New York, New Jersey business. OK. um, And as I hire like I'm not it don't make any sense for me to register the business in multiple states if I don't have clinicians there. If I mm-hmm. find a clinician that's in Georgia, then I'll do the Georgia paperwork and then see. But even so, are you taking insurance or are you all cash based?
1: No, um, the insurance. Um, Sai is on the group practice, but I don't say I have not opened up insurance for the solo practice. They Hello,
0: are, yeah, why they are, are you me. <laughs> See, this is why we're each other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I I run them totally separate. So the solo practice I is all cash, so pay. I never wanted to do insurance because. To me, it was just a headache to pay all these hundreds of dollars to get panels, to go back and forth and argue with them. rejecting your the billing. And, and I'm like, I can't do that. Like, if it feels like work, I might as well just stay at a nine to five. So I never did the insurance piece on the solo practice. But I do EAP because they're like
0: mm-hmm. in they and out. Well, I don't know which ones you do. We could talk about that offline, but they, most of them don't pay nothing.
1: So, um, it yeah, you're right. It really does depend because there are some that are upper like a hundred bucks, a hundred and twenty. Some pay one fifty. Um, the lowest yeah, I've come a, across
0: one fifty. <laughs> no, $65, sixty five dollars, sixty dollars. I've had some tell me thirty five dollars.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh huh. The lowest I've come across was fifty, and I was like, no. Um, and so then, if you don't want to do the EAP, some EAPs will pay you like $100, 120 dollars to deliver like a forty five minute training on different topics that they already have for uh, employees of different agencies. So I kind of, I kind of weave in and out with different EAPs depending on what they offer um and then there's that on the solo side now to practice the group practice again 100% online I have a couple clinicians um and the thing with that is I wanted on purpose to open it up for insurance because I partner with an agency that does all of my credentialing that does all of my billing I really don't do nothing but just submit attendance that's and I'm putting it lightly because it's like a just them knowing like who came under what insurance so that again, they get a little piece for submitting my billing and then I get the rest of the money. And I'm like, had I not had that partnership, this thing would have never came about. Cause I just can't be bogged down in administrative tasks. I can't.
0: Well, we'll, t- we we'll, to we'll talk. Cause it's not <laughs> like you, you got this, the formula that I'm looking to, to start. Cause I, you know, I ran for vice president at NASW New York state yeah, Go yeah, and I won. Um <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I didn't see it anywhere on your social media feed. It was in August.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, um, or July or June, whenever. It have, <laughs> I it's it, feels all like last, it. Feels like last year. like last year anyway. <laughs> um, weird. but I say that to to say that within our practice because there are two vice presidents the other vice president she does private practice consulting and so in our in our network we have like a private practice um listserv where we can ask questions about how to start a private practice how to start a group practice and so those are the conversations that I've been having um and I've been hearing a lot of scary stories about the about taking the insurance side on on um the group practices because you're supposed mm. to have a set number of clinicians and order to take certain insurances I don't know and I think sometimes just kind of not kind of having less information is more being that you don't have like you're so naive and so green that you just don't think of the things that that like you don't think of the obstacles um and sometimes other people's experiences will just make you not go after the things I that you agree. want I agree I agree. So I'm not really limiting myself to to that, but yeah, I'm I'm actually in the process of getting out of my contracts in my solo practice so that I can go full full cash pay. Okay. Um, and I told you I wanted to do the coaching, so that mm-hmm. that's another reason why I want to get the clinicians in so that they can take off. You know, more of yes. the clients. I'm completely full in my practice right now, um, in terms of like my solo practice, and so. You know, being able to have clinicians underneath me that my clients will trust because I'm like, I'm going to send you to another clinician. You can't meet with me, but you know, this is somebody that I supervise. That would that would be helpful. But I'm not looking forward to the hiring piece of it.
1: You are. You're definitely. um, We're definitely on the same wavelength because I'm looking to, to transition to coaching too and do less therapy and um I'm building this group practice to not only give back to the community and hire people that look like me but as a way to create passive income I'll just keep it 110 percent obviously um yeah I you know therapy is great and I totally enjoy it I don't know if I will just leave it 100 like all together but I'm definitely scaling back for sure Mm -hmm. um like you having your interns, I definitely provide supervision to people who are, you know, getting their license. I have a couple of supervisees. I do professional coaching for people who are actually licensed. So I'm doing it already. But now I just need to, like you said, have that whole thing just kind of set up with just a smooth locomotive running. Yeah. Okay. But, the, but the higher end though, I'll say this. I went on like this bench and found like all these different, besides Indeed, that have like where you can post your free job at and it got so bad. I had to pause the job because I got so many applicants. It was crazy.
0: And then what is your challenge to be like, I'm looking for clinicians who look like me.
1: Okay. So here's the deal. I, if you look good on paper, I really don't know if you're black, white, Asian, whatever you are. I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll at least interview, I'll at least interview you. Um, But when in an interview, I have had black and white people that just didn't make the cut. Um, Yes, but it's just what they do in an interview. Uh, One girl was just like... Oh, um, my private practice isn't making any money right now. It's kind of slow. But what do you, what do you, what would you pay me per hour? And I was like, I would pay you this. And she was like, Oh, that's not enough money for me. Okay, no problem. You can have that. That's okay. That's your choice. Your practice isn't bringing any money in, but mine's is. So you could have, if you felt like you was needing a the cash, then we could have worked something out. But whatever.
0: Um, you don't really want that client, that that condition oh, no. anyway, because you, she, like. I don't mind. First of all, I'm not hiring anybody but LMSWs period. So you shouldn't be you shouldn't be having a private practice if you're at LMSW. I want to work with people who want to get their license. I'm trying to create the next generation yes. of LCSWs and not be that barrier that I had of a white clinician telling me she wasn't going to sign off on my paperwork when I needed to get my get my hours. Yeah. So, I mean, I, there, there's, there's going to be no hiring of people already in private practice because you're not going to have the ability to be, unless it's my niece, because my niece is at LCSW. So here's the deal. I didn't. Have- well, she will be as well, soon as she passed her damn test.
1: And she's going to pass. Niece, you're going to pass. Mm-hmm. You're going to get your seat, honey. I don't have a problem with... Well, okay, so here's the deal. She lived over, like, literally in a western part of the state. So imagine somebody like in Buffalo interviewing for you. I didn't her her having her solo practice wasn't definitely going to intervene with mine because she lives in a part of the state where <laughs> it's only like, to be honest, a bunch of Caucasians that I'm not even reaching, even looking for. So she could have had her private practice. I didn't matter. It was just the conversation. how She went about it. That totally turned me off. And I was like, you know what? You will be a problem down the line. So let me go ahead and just fix this. And we, we, we you know, that just ended. Um, and then the other interviewees, they were just very lackluster. There wasn't nothing that was a wow. There was a, a young lady, she was a sister. And I said, well, I'll take a chance at hiring her because I remember being pre-licensed and wanted to go on practice. I gave her a chance and it backfired and I had to let her go. Um
0: okay, so you I don't want you talking about her business. I'm not.
1: But in general,
0: <laughs> in general, what is a backfire? So
1: here's what I'll say. I am very clear. The first thing I say, interview is thank you. I want to be very open and transparent because that's how I communicate. If you're not transparent and communicative with me, then this is not gonna work. That's the first thing I say. Because this is a very um I won't say high demand, but it can be high demand. And you got to have the autonomy to work on your own. I can't micromanage you. I run two practices mm-hmm. on top of everything else that I do. So if I have to micromanage you about your notes or getting something in, honey, you are going to get left behind and I just can't bring you onto to the team. So long story short, I don't send out emails every single day. We're not a, we're not a nine to five. So whenever, if I'm, if I'm communicating with you, phone call, email via text, you need to respond within 24 hours. And when, you, okay. and when you don't, you're costing me money. And one thing you don't do is play with my money. And this happened on multiple occasions. And I was just like, okay, she got to go. It's not work. Okay. So when you, again, working online or doing telework, whatever your job is, you got to be able to be accessible. So if I send you a text, you could text me back. But you cannot go days without texting me back. That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm going to see you in the office tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I feel you. No.
0: So, yeah, I, I get it. I get it completely.
1: So it was like I basically, um, I took an L on that one. And, I was, and that was okay because, again, you, I was just learning and going through and realizing that even though you want to have people who are black and brown, they still got to be able to come in and hold their weight and hold their own. So I think for me, I just had a soft spot in a, in a, in a vulnerable moment. It is what it is. I don't regret it because I learned some, something from it. You have to come in, though, with a certain amount of zeal, um, tenacity and independence, again, to work for me, because this is a position that is totally remote and what you're responsible for. And if you can't hold, you know, your weight with of that in addition to everything else you got going on, then this might not, you know, work for you. There's a set, you know, of number of clients that i would like for each clinician to have because as their contractors they're not full employee, full-time employees they're right. contractors philadelphia or pennsylvania rather they don't make it a requirement it's kind of like because you can't require them because if you do it's kind of like again them being employees but
0: employees.
1: exactly but there's a suggested you know number there as far as building a caseload
0: well that's on them because they need to know how much how much money they going to make?
1: I agree. I'm transparent with that. We have conversations with that. I, you know, we have our monthly staff meetings. Um, I'm I'm hoping COVID will be nice next year because I would like to plan some retreats. Because our theme or my theme for the, the online group practice is self-care. I'm very, 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 very big on self-care. So I'm hoping that, you know, all goes well with that. But, yeah, the hiring piece, Oh. It it can, mm. yeah it can it can definitely be a beast but I again I went to all these different online job sites like Indeed you know your monsters or whatever it takes to be and it and people just flooded me and flooded me and flooded me and some people Indeed that's why I love it you can put up these um, pre questions and people won't even take the pre questionnaire I'm like okay well out you don't take the pre questionnaire you don't even get looked at reject reject it's like it's they weed themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and see, it's
0: different, I guess, because I'm looking at it from a intern perspective. Okay. And I've had some pretty crappy interns.
1: Uh, I have some good nah, ones nah, nah. too.
0: But I've had some pretty crappy interns, and so I'm not looking forward to it.
1: Well, because you're going after people who have their L, I think you're going to have a different type of experience, a more mature audience, or at least they should be, but not on the level of like an intern where they could just, you know, get that out. No, I mean,
0: I I totally get it. But I mean, I'm just saying in terms of professionalism, it's professionalism, it's professionalism. If you're in school and you're in a professional environment and you're getting your hours, you should be professional. Yes. And not everybody is at the same, you know, place. This year is the first year that I've had um, BSW students, and it's completely different from my MSW students. Mm-hmm. But I've also had, <laughs> I've also had some not great MSW students. Wow. Oh, girl. Mm. Wow. Well, I will say this because a lot of my interns and this is the first time that I didn't take an intern um since I started from Columbia University Columbia University it it's a Ivy League school it's prestigious it's a certain kind of student that goes to that school um and I mean I don't want to type but like there is a sense of entitlement sometimes to some of those kinds yeah. of schools and in the number of interns that I have had, I will say that the majority of them were excellent. And one of them was just not great. But there were some things going on, some racial things happening, some sexism things happening. And I had to just get him gathered.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't take the entitlement and, and, the, and the privilege. Because mm-hmm. that has come out, definitely, um, Mm -hmm. in the interview, you know, process too. people regardless, um, which I find amazing, but then again, I don't, I think more so Mm -hmm. I'm a surprise that they just don't humble themselves.
0: And even that too, right? So (laughs) let's say if you wanted to have like a mixed practice where, You have, you know, white clinicians come in or other clinicians come in, depending on where you are, that may be your target audience or your niche or the clientele that you're looking to expand into. Sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't want to run a business and still feel like I got to be working with people who act like they're the boss. Like that was the situation with my intern and I had to be like, son, you don't know anything. You're here because I know everything, Uh, and just humble yourself and listen to what we trying to tell you. I got what you trying to get. I'm gonna help you get it if you just listen to me. Mm. Like why you keep fighting me on what I'm trying to tell you? Mm, mm, mm. And I, you know, often don't want to have to boss up and be like, you know. But I had to explain to him, no, I have the credentials. I don't know if you just see me coming in my own office and my hoodie and my sneakers and you assume it. I don't know what I'm doing. But go look up my license. Oh, God. Go go look up my awards. Go look up the things that I have done. And then stop telling me what you ain't going to do when you come into my office. Okay. Oh. And he had them women shook at school. Mm. Oh, man. I mean, wow, that's amazing! Because the staff at at Columbia, is, well, I will let me let me back it up. The staff at Columbia, because it is social work school, is is also women too, right? So most social work schools are filled with 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 women um, on a certain level, right? Because most social workers are just women. It is what it is. But like the white clinicians that worked in the school or white. You know, people who worked in field placement, he had them sh- on shake. Mm-hmm. But the the black women that worked in that school, we were all on the same page. Got you, got you. So it was very, and I had to call my old supervisor to be like, "Ma'am, um, am I crazy? Tell me what it is." Because I'm like, I, you know, he was. They were one of my first um, first super supervision clients. And so, or interns. And so, I was like, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe it's it's me. And my supervisor had, my old supervisor had to be like, no, you got this. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. And the school is backing you up. Mm -hmm. The school is backing you up. Like, I'm seeing the same problems that you're seeing it as you're presenting it to me. So, this is what you need to do. And I was like, okay, I got this. Because somebody will come in and you know exactly what you're doing and they'll just try to knock you off your game mm-hmm. and you're like, I know this. I know this stuff. Do I know this stuff? It does. Yeah. You're, you're definitely not going to do that in my business. Right.
1: They will have you internalizing it and then f- making you think you have imposter syndrome when that's not the case. Right. I, and, and, you know, for the record, I don't have a problem hiring someone that's Caucasian. I just have not found one that has been humbled enough in the interview. Either they don't know what they don't know. Cause I'm, I'm definitely mm-hmm. running you through the ringer on therapy modalities and things that I find that I'm going to need you to know for my practice or you coming in and you have that privileged cocky, um, that whole, you know, attitude, not, it's not going to happen. Three, you're trying to, one lady <laughs> told me, oh, um, are you using Zoom? I said, yeah, we're going to use Zoom for the interview. Oh, well, I don't have Zoom. So can you use such and such? And we'll just meet there. I'll send you an invite. Excuse me? No, mm-hmm. no, and no, thank you. Um, and then I have a couple who want to make more than me. This is what you will get paid per hour. And that's it. You don't have to accept it, but that's what it is. No, you will not make more than me. So I just I just don't find But you know
0: what? I mean I don't I don't take I won't and I'm not in that place yet. But I'm not gonna take that personal. But the main problem that I have with some white clinicians is the self centering. <laughs> Because the clients are the authorities. And I use this analogy when I speak to my clients. I am a real estate agent. You own the house. Now, I can tell you what features is going to sell this, mom. Mm-hmm. But you tell you know that the plumbing is bad. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you own this. Yeah, You're right. And so, I don't... I'm not coming in to, like, remodel the house. I'm not an architect. I'm not... You know, this ain't an appraisal. I'm a real estate agent, and you own the house. And what happens a lot of times with a lot of, you know, white women clinicians that I see from the groups that I'm in, it's a lot of them and there's their issues and their stuff. And I'm, I'm going to say this, too. I'm seeing it a lot more, too, in the black groups that I'm into. Mm. Especially now that we're, like, this is a telehealth thing. Not everybody, you know, I've been telling you this before. I was trying to get, be completely, you know, location independent by 2021. Mm-hmm. I've said that on, to, on this show multiple times. It happened in 2020. God, God sped up my timeline. Um, And while I was making money in my practice previously, this wasn't my main gig. My main gig was you know, doing the other consultation work that I was doing. And that was making a lot of money doing that. With the state, right? No, not with this. Oh, you was on with something the, with in the, the hospitals.
1: Yeah. State. Right. Okay. I know it was something.
0: Um, but my caseload reduced number one. And then because we went to telehealth, they decided that they was going to pay us less. What? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I'll, I'll still make my phone calls and see those clients. Online, but it was it was just a different different deal for me because I didn't you know I didn't contract with this job at this rate and at this volume. But if this is what this is during a pandemic, I will pay my light bill with you a little bit of money.
1: Oh wow!
0: Um, and so I was like, okay, I also have to like pivot and like really get focused about what I need to make in this practice and make it work. And I'm full, so. I mean, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it. I was, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to have survived the pandemic and have been home. And my son has a job and he's home, and so you know we haven't had to do a lot of the work that some people have had to do or make that choice of like going out and working and see, seeing my clients because even they still wanted us to see clients up until the state shut down, but I had already been shut down. Because I have attended a funeral, and someone at the funeral was exposed to covid like first week in March February mm-hmm. like early early, okay, so I was already in quarantine before New York was in quarantine, and so when they were like, "Oh, could you go see these clients?" and I'm like, nah Mm-mm. 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 and it wasn't a it wasn't really about me; it was the fact that well, number one, my son has, he has asthma and he was here and he wasn't, he wasn't working at the front, but like I couldn't not going outside exposing my son and number one. And number two, I don't know what the, what the, the health is of my clients until I get there. And a lot, you know, there's a lot of mental, mentally ill clients. They live with parents, they uh-huh. live with their elderly parents uh-huh. and stuff. And you get in the household and there's a 90 year old in there and. Breathing all on people and coughing in a pandemic, and I don't know what this is. No, not going to do it. Oh, so that you. was that was my beginning of the year. But how have you been navigating? Um, I feel like I got off topic. What I was saying was, is in these groups, <laughs> in these groups, what happens is, is that now that we're doing um, telehealth, this is a very much more intimate situation than... I'm used to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not used to seeing my clients' houses and, like, Mm -hmm. their husbands in the background and, like, people half-dressed. And (laughs) one of my clients, she used the bathroom, and I had to be like, ma'am, you could have just turned the camera off. Um, Oh,
1: my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, while while things are happening, trust me. But, like, I don't... You know, I'm seeing, like, a lot of... the In these groups where... Oh my God! One of the clinicians she told the story the other day, um, and I didn't, I'm not gonna post it and screenshot it, but she got on, she got on Zoom and she forgot to put a wig on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she had a break and she took it off and then she got on Zoom and she, she forgot to put it on and she was like, y'all, I could not focus because I was looking at my braids sticking up on top of my hand. Oh she said, i just, she said, I just continue with this session. Like everything was okay. I was like, there's no, there's absolutely no way. I couldn't even focus on the client. I'd have been looking at myself.
1: Nope. Uh-uh. Oh, oh, I cannot imagine but my felt line <laughs>
0: i think god i ain't gotta imagine but yeah <laughs> like sometimes my clients got their head on and sometimes they you know one of my clients she was laying in bed and i just like okay i don't have no problem with any of this one of my clients had a drink some people are complaining about their clients smoking weed listen if if, if therapy is part of their self-care time and smoking weed is how they relax i don't really and I can't smell it it's not in my house it's not bothering me none as long as they could communicate they're not impaired I don't I don't care The only thing that I kind of make a rule about is driving and I don't actually mind if you are having therapy with me and you're driving I just want you to turn the camera off because I don't want you trying to look at me oh, while you're driving okay. that's it Okay. Um. And if, the, if you're driving I'll turn my camera Like if I know you're driving I'll turn my camera off So that you're not trying to look at me mm-hmm. That's it But you know I feel like we're not We're not giving each other And our clients grace To like If they're showing up for therapy In a pandemic I feel like part of that You gotta give them grace for So if they're making eggs Or making breakfast for their kids Or you know Smoking a cigarette I, I don't give a I don't care
1: yeah I'll be hearing some of the wildest stories.
0: I mean I don't want you peeing and please don't have sex but besides that I don't yeah, care taking, really mostly yeah
1: taking your therapist to the bathroom when you go going out to buy, no, buy I don't, liquor I don't and eyelashes that. I'm taking you to the beauty shop
0: one, one girl said that one of the therapists said that her client was like she had to go to work after that and so she had to put she had to lay down her waist her lace front so they talked about she laid down her lace front listen this is what being a black (laughs) girl is hello hello hello
1: hello hello this is all for the
0: culture yes it is I don't I don't be understanding why everybody you know not everybody but when some of these groups that they're complaining about these kind of things this is the intimacy of telehealth
1: yeah, cause there's some clients I ain't gonna hold you. I've showed up with my bonnet, and 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 just to let them know, like today is that type of day. But I'm here for you with my bonnet, and they'll just laugh at me like it's okay, Doctor Holly. Cause some type, as a therapist,
0: some days I don't have it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm giving you all I got, and I've I've made this space just, yes. just for you. So you are
1: gonna take this bonnet just for this hour, honey? <laughs>
0: Now, I've never I've never had a bonnet on before, but I have been in bed, I'm not gonna lie, on a few occasions, especially when I'm PMSing and I'm cramping. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm here, I showed up, but I gotta sit in this sit up in this bed mm-hmm. and have this conversation with you while it's heating pad is on me. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, we all like you said, it's for the culture. We all have our own little, you know, things, right, that we do when we show up in the therapy room. That because now we're at home, we wouldn't necessarily do if we were face to face, but I I haven't had any issue with my clients. I, the only thing, like you were saying, was being ameliorated. Don't come where you're just totally, you know, I'd rather you reschedule. I haven't had that happen. And I haven't either. I haven't either. That would just really be kind of like my only thing, just because, of, of course, the ethics and the laws behind that. But other than that, I haven't, I haven't not. Had any issues? People, kids, be bouncing up and down in a lab, and I'm like, let them. They have just as much energy as all the other kids that are home because of COVID. Just let them. They can stay into the session. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, you just this is where we are showing up now. I did telehealth in my solo practice before COVID, so it wasn't a huge
0: mm-hmm. shift. I me. did too, but it was a more of a. It was more of a like convincing people.
1: Yeah, so a lot of the professionals that I work with, they would travel either throughout the country or throughout the world. And so we would do telehealth from like their hotel rooms or wherever they were, the airport, blah, blah, blah. But it was like a 70-30 split. But now because of COVID, we're forced to do telehealth and it's more like a damn near 90-10% type split.
0: Oh, I'm not going to the office at all. I haven't been there.
1: I have gone for like one or two clients who needed um, actual face-to-face for some work-related concerns and issues, but outside of that, no, no, not at all. I had a, um, and I'm thankful, um, I, I had a home office built in the basement, so I have that space carved out just for me, and it's been working out very well. Yeah, no complaints. Just really focusing, like I said, on um, building um, the group practice and, you know, identifying a couple more people because I have a set number of where I'm trying to, you know, go with this. And like you, you were saying, being licensed in other states, I've identified some other cities, but I haven't gotten that far. Everything is still like, okay, what's the, what are the small steps to do now? And then what's my end goal? And then the thing is all in between. So but it's going I don't have no complaints to be honest Either.
0: okay and so this has been just this year that you
1: started yeah it. I launched mm-hmm, I launched a group practice in July and I hired my two first clinicians in mid-August I had to let one go in September and I'm looking to bring one on in January to replace her and um yeah, it's what it'll it's it's yeah, it's again, it's all new. It's not even it hasn't even been six
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it hasn't. Not at all. So come back next week for the second episode and this conclusion of me having the conversation about being boss chicks and leveling up in business in twenty twenty one for me, um, (laughs) and Dr. Holly's journey from, from private practice, from solo practitioner to group practice, okay? So join us next week for the conclusion of this episode of the Black Therapist Podcast. Peace.